0: darkness beyond the car came a slight scuff, as though someone was trying to sneak past him to the bright sun. At least it seemed like sneaking until he spun around and saw a familiar face. Relieved, he said, Hey, I didn't expect to see you on this coast. He shouldn't have seen me at all. There was a soft sound, then a grunt as a bullet slammed through flesh and bone to Lee's heart. He collapsed into the trunk. This can't be happening. But it was. Norm... Katie, can you hear me? I love. The trunk slammed down, hiding death. Jaime Seguro Jimenez de los Santos knew it was his lucky day when the door of his pawn shop opened and a platinum blonde with maximum boobs and a shrink wrap dress sauntered towards him. His only complaint was that the dress began at the neck and covered all that flesh. Then he took another look and realized that the breasts came from a high-class gel bra, the kind drag queens wear. Ni modo. Seguro liked lovers both ways, as long as he got to be the pitcher. Floral perfume washed over Seguro as the woman leaned against the counter. Her eyes were the blue of a rare clear day in muggy Florida. Buen dia, señorita, Seguro said, giving her the thorough leer that his culture and her dress required. ¿Cómo le puede ayudar? English, por favor. My español sucks. ¿Sí? How can I help you? Someone told me you give the best price around for loose stones. He hesitated. You know, loose stone gems that aren't set. Do you understand? Sí, yes, I understand. Who told you that? Someone in LA. she shrugged. My boyfriend's not a Santos, but he did time with one, if you get what I mean. "'See? I know. I meet some people that way. I got some shit you'll like.' She pulled out an antacid bottle. Siguro poured the contents out on a cloth. A thumb-sized rectangle of deep blue bounced onto the counter. "'I want fifty thousand, she said. "'We see.' She tapped long acrylic fingernails on the counter. "'Fine, you see, but hurry it up. I got a plane to catch. Big vacation in Aruba with my boyfriend.' Seguro pulled out a jeweler's loop and began looking at the stone. Well, she said when he finally looked up, I need a friend to look at it. She put her hands on her hips. What can you give me now? Two thousand. Thirty. Two thousand one hundred. Well, fuck, I want it in cash right now. But of course. He counted the money into her palm. You made yourself a hell of a buy, she said bitterly. A real steal. Seguro grinned. Buenas suertes. No sooner had the front door shut than he rushed over and locked it. He pulled the blinds behind the bars that covered the windows. He would have to be very careful what he did next, or he would be as dead as the previous owner, no doubt, was. He needed connections for this one. Eduardo. The brother-in-law of his wife's cousin lived in L.A. He had the connections no one spoke of aloud. He could sell the gem without getting caught. Without getting killed. Kate Chandler couldn't concentrate. With a curse, she looked away from the microscope that held a piece of sapphire rough. Usually making the decisions that would transform ordinary-looking rough into dazzling gems, but right now she was having a hard time caring about anything but the phone that didn't ring. Damn it, Lee! She said. Call. She checked the window of the cell phone. No calls. Nothing but silence. Impatiently, she punched in Norm Gallagher's number. Norm picked it up instantly. Lee? No, just me, Kate. I was hoping... He hasn't called. What are we going to do? I... I haven't told Mom and Dad, but I called the FBI and told them Lee had been kidnapped. They gave me a pat on the head and told me to leave it all to the Florida authorities. Norm? Yes? I'm scared. Lee's rental car was turned in a day late, and the package he was carrying never arrived. There was a long silence. No sign of foul play. No, I'm scared. Kate yanked her hair clip out of her dark hair and massaged her scalp. I'm scared, too, Norm said. This is so unlike Lee, she whispered. Even if he forgot to call me after he delivered the seven sins, he'd call you no matter what. Norm let the tears clog his throat. Thanks, Katie. Call me the instant you hear anything, she said. You, too. She cut the connection and let her own tears come. Scottsdale, Arizona, five months later. Heart pounding, Kate looked over the crowded conference room. She tried not to think about the eerie, mechanical voice telling her that she would die if she didn't stop asking questions and trying to find out what had happened to Lee Mandel. But she'd kept asking anyway, just more carefully. She'd focused on the missing gems rather than on the brother she was afraid she'd never see again. She watched the room with dark eyes. No one glanced back at her, not even the man leaning against the wall with a show catalogue in his hands. Except for him, everyone was poring over the gleaming wealth laid out beneath glass. The real show wouldn't open for days, but some nice goods were already on public display— The pre-show booths were a kind of dress rehearsal, featuring the dealers who couldn't, wouldn't, or hadn't been invited to pay the stiff stall rentals for the main show. Purcell Colored Gems was one of the merchants that had set up a booth. Yesterday, Kate had seen one of the Seven Sins on display there. The Purcells hadn't been helpful when she'd asked where the gem came from, but she'd found a way around them. Now all she had to do was make sure they didn't find out. She had good hands— She always had them, even when she was only eleven and entertaining neighborhood kids by pulling pennies out of their ears. She shook down the long sleeves of her raspberry silk jacket, felt the small weight poised just above the edge of her left palm, and took a last, slow breath. I'll make those FBI bastards listen, Lee. I swear it. Sam Groves thumbed through a catalog of attractions that would appear when the real gem show got underway. Sam was sixteen years into the FBI and hoped to make twenty before someone added up the doesn't-play-well-with-others and colors-outside-the-lines flags in his file and then kicked his runs-with-scissors ass out of the bureau. No matter how hard Sam tried, when someone asked his opinion, he gave it. All of it, no matter how disagreeable it might be to the people who asked. Good thing you're bright, boy, because you sure ain't politic. That was what his first SAC special agent in charge had told Sam fifteen years ago. Nothing had changed since then. So, instead of tracking terrorists, he was part of a special task force trying to break a ring of jewel hijackers that had plagued the gem trade in the past five years. Sam flipped another page. I've weathered worse than Mr. Legend in his own mind, Sizemore. In less than five years, I'll have my pension and my own business, and the politically correct assholes who can't see beyond their own brown noses can take a flying leap. A shimmer of silk caught his eye. Though not beautiful, the woman held his attention. Black hair, medium height, nicely curved, expensive-looking suit and low heels. She moved confidently, yet his investigator's gut told him that she was on edge. When he saw that she was heading for the Purcell booth, his interest sharpened. If someone offered them quality goods, Mike and Lois had a reputation for not asking questions. The Purcells were just the kind of folks a gem hijacker might be looking for. Kate was relieved to find Mike Purcell alone in the booth. Purcell had the reputation of being a real hound. Until yesterday, Kate hadn't thought much about the gossip. Then she'd learned firsthand just how true the gossip was, and she'd chosen her outfit today accordingly. She eased her right hand down her blouse to undo a few buttons and told herself that it was all for a good cause. Come back to look at the blue sapphire, Purcell asked slyly. Or maybe you have something else in mind. His eyes were on the cleavage she'd so generously displayed. Well, you never know. This is one mighty fine gemstone. Honey pot, sapphires like this are rarer than a faithful woman. I still can't believe that the gem hasn't ever been heated. May I look at it again? What are you offering? Same as last time, you jackal—a cheap peep show. I won't be able to say until I look at it again. Reassurance, you know? Kate said. I just can't believe it's worth more than twenty-five thousand a carat. The husky hesitation in her voice made Purcell's palms hot. He'd seen bigger tits, but hers were here now, and he wanted to see more of them. Needle loop. No thanks. I brought my own this time. I didn't want to take a chance on dropping yours again. Besides, only an idiot used the same distraction twice. He grinned. You can go looking for a loop in my lap any time you want to. She fished in the pocket of her jacket. When her fingers wrapped around the loop, it steadied her. She looked at Purcell expectantly. He took the clear top off the box and handed her a pair of jeweler's tweezers.